8-11 on the morning news. NBA players led the charge Wednesday night boycotting scheduled games in protest of the killing of Jacob Blake over the weekend by police in Wisconsin. And now every major professional sports league in North America has joined in as well. Athletes protesting to show support for social issues. It's nothing new, but how effective are their efforts on influencing real change? To further explore the topic, we're joined by Moshe Lander, sports economist at Concordia University. Good morning to you, Moshe. Good morning. Well, let's start with, the, you know, uh, were you surprised to see the actions of the NBA uh, players on Wednesday? Well, you know, we had been hearing rumors about it for a few days before even uh, Fred Van Fleet with the uh, Raptors was saying, you know, I'm not even sure we should be playing in the aftermath of what went on in Kenosha. And even before they ever went into the bubble, Kyrie Irving, a prominent player with the uh, Nets, was saying, I don't even think we should go into the bubble at all. I think it's going to take away from the message that we're trying to deliver about Black Lives Matter and other social issues. So the NBA, when it comes to that league, let them, you know, have words, wording on the backs of their jerseys. There was wording on the hard court. I mean, they did what they could to try and help these players. But obviously the athletes themselves, particularly the black ones, but the white athletes jumping in and joining forces as well, knew that that wasn't enough. So is that going to affect them when it comes to well finances and, and fans? How do you look at it? You know, the... the politics are getting so polarized now that it's now spilling over into sports. And it used to be that we could keep kind of sports away from politics. But I think in the in the five years since Muhammad Ali died, uh, there's been this kind of reawakening that sports and politics are very deeply intertwined. And so, you know, the players realize that they do have a platform to speak, but they realize, I think, which is why they're coming back to playing today, is that if they walk away, that does have financial ramifications for them. This is their livelihood. In a lot of cases, they don't have a lot of backup options in terms of career paths beyond just commentating on sports. So if they cancel the season, if they walk away from it, it does have a very negative impact. So I think they realize that we need to speak out. We need to have that microphone in our face. And the best way to do that is by keeping on playing. And that allows them to have the financial security to speak out and to deliver to causes that are important to them. When uh, you and I spoke yesterday morning, you were awaiting the announcement from the NHL. came down, I believe, at about 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And, of course, the uh, cancellation of some NHL games as well in, into the weekend, uh, picking it up again. I'm wondering, is it, does it diminish it that it's uh, later, or is it better late than never scenario for the NHL? I, I think they missed a chance there. Um, the, the Bruins and the Lightning went ahead and played uh, you know, the the same day that all of the other sports in North America were canceling, uh, they they had the disingenuous uh, sort of comment that well, we were already on the bus, so it was kind of too late to decide. But we saw that you know MLS were were canceling games right up until the last minute. We saw that when the NBA was canceling games, some of the teams were actually out on the court or were already on the practice court preparing. Uh, when the Milwaukee Bucks just decided, you know what, forget this. So I, I think the NHL looks a little bit bad here, and it's always being plagued by it's an elite white. Sport. And so when you have the NBA players, which are overwhelmingly African-American, taking stances on social issues, and then kind of the white uh, NHL doesn't really take a stance there, or at least not at the same time, it does kind of look bad for them. Which is why I think yesterday it was so important that it was the players who stepped up in the NHL and the players who got together as a group and went to the league and said, we are not playing either. No, absolutely. And and this is entirely player driven. And so it's never been that the NBA owners were saying uh, don't play or uh, when the, the players went to the owners and said we're not playing, they called it a boycott rather than, say, a strike or, um, you know, a, a, a protest. 
Uh, but the fact is that, you know, the owners have been extremely supportive in the NBA, and the NHL owners really don't have a lot of options other than, than, than to be supportive as well. What, what are you going to say? No, get back and play. Mm. Um, they have to be supportive if for no other reason than just the uh, political optics of being unsupportive. You mentioned, Moshe, and you are a sports economist. Uh, this is something that you study. Um, years and years ago, we would keep sports separate from, uh, you know, those hot-button issues. But is it, what has changed in the past maybe 20, 30 years? Is it the integration of these uh, athletes with endorsements, uh, with products, and some of the musicians? You know, part of it, you know, part of it is that there, will re- there always was sports uh, and politics tied together. It's just we never really looked for the athletes to speak up, right? We even recently we we've heard terrible comments to like LeBron James to just shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you go back to Jackie Robinson, uh, I mean, there was a clear political element there to integrating baseball. Muhammad Ali giving up his heavyweight belt because he didn't support the Vietnam War. It, it, it's always been there. And when uh, recently Cal- uh, Colin Kaepernick spoke up, he basically got banned from the game. So I, I think what's changed now is two things. One, players have a direct link to people and, uh, you know, through social media. And so they can have a direct link where the media might have been able to kind of separate that out. Uh, now they can't avoid it. The other part is that the athletes today are tremendously richer, even adjusting for inflation, than they would have been 50 years ago. And so they have the, the financial pull themselves to be able to put their money where their mouth is. Back in the day where, you know, a lot of these athletes had to have summer jobs or off-season jobs working as bricklayers and bakers and things like that to try and make ends meet. Uh, you know, they couldn't risk speaking up because they could easily find themselves out of the sport. But now uh, they have a lot more leverage uh, than they did, say, 20, 50 years ago. So true. These athletes have a platform and they're using it. Thanks for the discussion, Moshe. I appreciate your time. Anytime. That's Moshe Lander, sports economist with Concordia University. 817 helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Come visit the largest concrete-built condos in the city.